All right. Uh, do you want to start us off? Sure. Um, sorry, what are we talking about? Oh, Nintendo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, good morning. I'm very awake. It's rare. <laughs> Top of the morning to you. Yes, indeed. We're going to talk about Nintendo today, my favorite. Yeah. So, yes. uh, so you actually have a disk system, don't you? I do, yes. It's in very good condition, too. I have uh, the box, too. Nice. Yeah. yeah I, I so I I actually until I got this mini Famicom, I actually never had a, a Japanese system before at mm. all. Period. Uh, so maybe you'll have some nostalgic tales of <laughs> what it's like to deal with the the disc system and flipping your discs back and forth and. <laughs> uh huh. I could indulge that a little bit. I mean. Um, I remember in like junior high really getting involved in kind of importing games and, and realizing everything we we in the West were missing, like all the Japan-only uh, Japan games. At that time, like for example, Final Fantasy V was a Japan-only game, right? Like now I think it's yeah. part of the PlayStation collection and a lot of yep. that stuff is just more readily available and the knowledge is more out there. But back then it was like no one knew it existed really and it was just amazing to, to have uh, like see people playing this game in emulation and, and, and stuff. Like it was just... I don't know, uh, a fascinating world to get into. So um, I, of course, wanted the original hardware, so uh, I did start importing things back then. Um, and I played, uh, like, disk system, um, or I'd at least seen disk system, you know, emulation happening. But uh, to play the real thing is definitely something else. <laughs> I mean, it's just like uh, someone who's never played the original Nintendo and it's just played a remake or a ROM or something um, they don't they miss out on that whole like blowing the cartridges and tr yeah. just, like just trying to get the thing to work that whole experience which of course is not a good thing but for us it's just part of it right I think yeah um, so it, I, yeah I mean <laughs> so, that was literally half your game time was especially <laughs> like trying, I often trying to get like, rid of the colored screens yeah I often get friends together and we just try and go through like 20 games in one night just to kind of check out a bunch of different stuff and have fun and uh, it really is <laughs> like half of the game time when you do that. Uh, but the disc system is very much, it's just a unique experience. I think if you play a physical disc system to, to just, I don't know, see the thing like doing its thing and, and just observe the technology of the time is, is fun. Um, I guess the characteristics you, you miss out on by not having the actual disc system. First of all, uh, it you need the actual original Nintendo and then, you p use both systems together and connect them together. Right. So uh, you have yet another point of failure because you have another physical connection that can go bad. So when something right. doesn't work, you have to like check everything and it's a nightmare. Um, although I don't know, my connection is very good. So I don't, I don't, I think I've like maybe twice ever had that not work out, but um, I, I, it's just a very loud and physical thing. And by what, so first of all loud, I mean, every time it loads, it's got like this weird clicking noise. It's like, I remember, I remember my old, like, back in 94 when we got our first PC, I feel like that used to do that too. Like, you would turn on your computer and there would be some physical parts moving. That yeah, would. yeah. I remember my first CD drive for my computer. It would make this, like, yeah. z -z 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 noise. Yeah, I guess, yeah. like, PlayStation 1 did that, right? Z yeah, every z -z 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 time you put in a CD back in the day, it would go, like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 there's some of that. <laughs> the disk system, though, is funny because it's like it, you know, uh, if, I don't know if you've played. I guess you've played it on the Famicom Mini, but if yeah, you've played which, or which seen, 
isn't yeah. entirely the same, obviously. But yeah, uh, <laughs> well, it, sure. But I mean, if you've played a, or seen a, a ROM, um, someone playing like the emulated games, it uh, you'll always get that load screen. Yeah, it's like loading now, and it's just like you just wait. But the physical thing it, during that time, it's really going, or it's like it felt very mechanical. Like the PlayStation Drive almost sounds like I don't know consistent at least right it's like zzz, zzz, zzz. this is like yeah. literally like things clicking and grinding <laughs> it's funny yeah. um and just the other thing i guess like again you get you see this in emulation and the emulator usually handles it in some way but it's always like sl- uh, flip the sw- the, yeah. the disc to side b or something like you actually eject the game and flip it over it's like playstation again where yeah, you had, like to, switch you had discs, to swap discs except you're doing it constantly so you're flipping the disc and or flipping it to the second disc or whatever yeah um so it's one of those weird nostalgias where it's obviously it's a pain in the ass and it sucked but it's just part of the experience i guess so it was kind of fun yeah i mean i guess yeah. that takes me back because i we obviously played some dos games like i remember playing the original uh, quest for glory games from sierra and you know right. you, you have to install from four floppy discs uh, and it was kind of the same way, I think, where like you know you 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 wait for the disc to finish installing, and then you have to eject it and put in another one. And only it's like you're installing all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Since obviously you don't install onto a hard drive, it's just always. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because, of course, as you might imagine, it's like you go to one area of the map and you switch to B, and then when you go back to a different area, it's like you have to switch back to A, so you can see which. Like what areas are on what parts of the the disc, kind of? I I, I wonder if it was because it was cost prohibitive or or what that they didn't allow you to have a little hard drive that you could install the stuff to. Oh, like geez. maybe they were concerned about piracy or possibly both. I imagine um, cost was a big issue back then. I mean mm. that's that's why. Yeah, I mean you, you would have had like a tiny hard drive that. Well, think about it. we never saw to... hard drives on systems till like playstation 2 i mean yeah like but it, we it never took... had disc systems either <laughs> <laughs> well playstation 1 could have had a little hard drive on it and it didn't yeah I mean, the memory card thing was there but you know yeah and, come on they could have had that built in really right yeah um which is the solution that uh saturn went with um although yeah. my saturn doesn't work very well <clears throat> um and you had to have like a it, it took a battery <laughs> so your whole everything on your hard drive could just die right? yeah it it wasn't like a flash memory it was like the same kind of memory they had in the old nintendos where if the battery dies that's it everything's gone yeah yeah so so uh was it the same i mean i guess with zelda you do you did save your progress onto the disc right yeah um that was actually very interesting it would like physically write into the disc right like your save game so you're actually altering the like the the i guess binary that had been distributed to you originally yeah yeah i've been reading through um the untold tales or stories of japanese game developers and and that was one of the things early on that he's interviewing someone who does like archives Mm. of video games and they they're constantly the only games they are interested in archiving are ones that have never been used for because that very reason, like they they don't want a save to have corrupted anything. Uh, so you're or, like you're touching, the data. Yeah, um, I was actually going to say uh, exactly that. Um, like looking at going back to emulation, you'd see these ROMs of these games, yeah. and if if you look at them, um, like half of them just have weird save games on them because whoever dumped that ROM, they just they found the disc somewhere and they dumped it, and whoever used to own it just had their save game on it, right? Yeah, and like 
obviously I buy a lot of discs and they have save games on it. It's just, I guess it's just like any Nintendo game. You buy an old copy yeah. of Zelda, it'll have a save game on it. But it's weird to know that it's not in some battery or in something or something. It's like on the disc. And of course, these things are starting to die and they're really kind of flaky. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm almost tempted to not play these because I don't want to corrupt something or at least not save, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember seeing a post on Reddit recently. Someone got like a, one of the Pokemon games secondhand and they were like super excited to see that there was a save already on it and like what Pokemon did they unlock? And it was just like, I think like four of the the basic Pokemons that you get early on and they were named something like you ain't getting nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Uh... <laughs> Someone went to the effort to do that. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> nice. Uh, anyway, w- one of the things that I wanted to talk about is like, because uh, I never had any experience with the disc system at all until I got this mini Famicom. And mm. uh, it turned out like the Metroid and Castlevania and Zelda 1 and 2 are disc system games on that. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was the f- the first thing I noticed is you turn it on and, and you're presented with this loading screen. <laughs> with Mario. And, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's you, it's this loading screen, and then it's like I fr- I fr- I played far enough in I don't know if it was Metroid or what that it asks you to f- flip it to the other side mm. once you start, <laughs> and it's like what? <laughs> like <laughs> I like that they didn't even bother to edit that out nice. for for the digital system. They're not just like okay, let's just use the American version or something. Well, it's think like, about it. they're playing on nostalgia, right? Like you can see yeah, Japanese yeah. gamers being like, oh, I remember this, right? You know, yeah, like for you so, to play it, it might be like mm, this is dumb. Yeah, so at first I was like, "That's weird," and then the music starts, and so I'm gonna get us started off on here because this is kind of what I wanted to talk about. Was I launch up Legend of Zelda, and uh, this is what I hear. And so right off the start, I, I I didn't immediately notice it with those first few notes, but once it got <laughs> into did. this part and it's got like this like rhythm section, there's like these horrible bell sounds and like it's it's very distinctly what I remember computer games sounding like, not what I remember Nintendo games sounding like. <laughs> I love it personally. <laughs> I love the extra channel. Um, it's funny to think this is the original, right? Like this, yeah. they had to take this and massage it into what you played as a cartridge game growing up. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's so weird and alien to me. It's like I, I mean, obviously it's the same song, mm-hmm. but the, I don't know. Like I've used Famitracker a bunch in the past few years. Uh, they have the and- track on them, don't they? Uh, yeah, but I mean, not with the disc system stuff. I was so sure they had the disc system sound. Well, I think it's mostly it's like a samples or something. Anyway, I don't know actually. I mean, Famitracker is specifically the the Nintendo sound chip, right? Which is, I mean, immediately now this is the Nintendo version, and immediately like you can tell that these sound waves sound differently. Yeah. And the, the, the drum, like, the, it's totally just a noise channel. It's not like... Yep. No bells. It's, no, yeah, no bells. It's so much cleaner. 
<laughs> cleaner. Yeah, well, that's one way to look at it for sure. I mean, um, depending on how you look at it, like maybe it's emptier because there's 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 fewer sounds, right? Yeah. It's interesting for me because I'm like looking at the sound waves right now as they're yeah. playing, and like the just looking at the track itself, you can tell that it's emptier. Well, certainly, it's just pure sinusoids are mostly pure, I imagine. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, man, it's like a few points I wanted to interject and say some things, and I forget what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I agree. Actually, playing the Phantom Disc System for the first time, it was jarring. But I mean, that was kind of the point of buying it and getting this this yeah. new thing and then re-experiencing. Uh, these games in a different way, so it was exciting to me. Um, so I guess you know, take it for what it is. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you play? Uh, uh, well, I might be getting ahead of myself. What's the next game on on the palette here? Uh, it's all from Zelda. These these are all. Oh, sound. okay. Uh, well, like, let me it, it, jump it's going to go slightly. into like all. It's going to go into like all oh. of the sound effects and. Uh, are you just uh, playing? Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, wh- what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, um, I, I liked uh, the uh, Disc System rendition of the uh, second Castlevania. Um, you know, right. Bloody Tears. I don't know yeah, if you have I, I, I haven't heard that either. Like, I don't I don't have it queued up here. So. Oh, it's cool. It's cool. It's I, Again, I find it funny because for us, it's like the same song, but augmented, for better or yeah. for worse. But, I mean, you got to think that's the original. Like, that's that's the one that was born unto this world first, and it's kind of interesting to to observe the transition i think they did a pretty good job um i've I've never really seen a a game suffer hugely in its transition to the cartridge format really yeah i guess guess it's kind of like uh when when back when we had our uh, ultima episode it's like how the uh uh ultima 4 on pc looks vastly different from the nintendo equivalent right it's like Mm -hmm. i mean they, they Maybe it was different with the the disk system. How much code was and, and graphics and stuff were able to be just ported over, but uh, and and I think it was like that with the. Uh, I mean, Dragon Quest was originally on PC, wasn't it? No, they. Uh, I don't. I forget. I know that around the same time they released it on uh, MSX. I forget if it was prior or at like virtually the same time. I I think it was originally on PC because I think they were interviewing one of the guys that worked for Enix or something on uh, on uh, in that book the the untold stories mm. and he was saying how like specifically he wanted nothing to do with porting the code over to the other system. Hmm. Uh, you might be right. I I thought they were at least very close in time but i knew it came out on msx as well it could have been just literally it was programmed for one first and then they had to port it to the mm-hmm. other but it may not have actually been released at the same time or something hmm. i don't know but yeah it was uh it, i mean th- that was very different uh, graphically and i i don't know about the audio i would assume the audio is different too hmm. uh i i you know i think i've played it but i don't because at least when they moved it over to the uh, to the English version, like they added sprites, so like the the character faced different directions when you moved different directions and stuff. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, I just looked it up. It came out on Famicom first, and then okay. within the same year was ported to MSX. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, th- maybe maybe it was the Famicom version then was like that where it didn't have sprites. But then when they m- made the English version, uh, they they've actually added animation and stuff to it. Well, they changed the first one a lot. Yeah, if you played the original original Dragon Quest, <laughs> it's a hard game to play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's I, the connection t- to Ultima are a little more obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so so the next few sounds that are coming up here uh, are sound effects. Let's hear it. So when it when it came to like the door opening sound, like that to me sounded way better on the NES. Like the 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 scratchy PC sounds that I was hearing, <laughs> I just I hated those. But then for for the second one where you obtain a key, uh, that to me sounds actually way better on the Famicom disc system. Like it it's got it's way more full sounding. Yeah. Uh I kind of also have mixed feelings. I mean, of course, I'm more nostalgic for the second one. Um, yeah. Uh, and I guess it's like anything. Like, it's cool to have that extra channel, but you can't really abuse it. So a lot of... The thing is that the disk system... I mean, you could see if the disk system survived for a long time, you'd probably have a lot of the early games kind of taking full advantage of everything that was specifically disk system only and kind of abusing it a little bit. And then yeah. as time went on, they'd kind of just settle into a nice average and not just you know, make gimmicks out of, out of things. Um, but the disc systems lifespan was so short that every game was still in that kind of experimental phase. So you can see the designers really wanting to use that channel for everything they could and everything. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, it's not terrible to me. It's actually honestly not that jarring. Maybe I'm just used to it, but yeah, I, I can see someone preferring the NES sounds too. I don't know. The, the NES sounds to me feel more musical. Hmm. Uh, like they're they're more tonal and less. I don't know. I feel like, particularly when I was talking about like that bell sound or whatever earlier, it's it's got like such a high pitched chime to it that doesn't feel like an instrument to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. You're more an audio guy than I. Yeah. So. Uh. Anyway, we'll we'll keep going here. Sure. <laughs> like you could hit, that the Famicom one there that just played that sounds so much more lifeless to me. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and then this, I guess, this is the final dungeon, and this just sounds like the NES one. This this is the Disk System version, and yeah, you're you're right. Once the other one starts playing, they to me sound basically the same. The waveforms don't really look any different either. So this is NES. It's like they lowered the tone on it to make it sound like a little bit more gloomy. Hmm. But otherwise it sounds pretty much the same to me. Yeah, they probably decided that that belly chimey thing didn't really jive with kind of the, I don't know, moody thing they were going for, I guess. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, I hate that sound. <laughs> Have you ever seen any of those videos on YouTube where people, like, make video game covers out of physical hard drives? Video game covers out of physical like, hard drives? Like, they'll play, drives, like, no. the Street Fighter Guile's theme, but it'll be, like, physical hard drives. Oh. <laughs> I've seen stuff like that. <laughs> like, that's the same feeling I get from this, where <laughs> it, like... I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it definitely sounds like a computer to me. Um, and you don't think that all the square waves and triangle waves sound like a computer? I don't, I, I don't know. There, I, I think you're just very used to them and prefer yeah. them. Yeah. Don't you think that's part of it? Yeah, that's part of it, yeah. Yeah. Like, like this part here, I don't mind at all. It's like that bell sound yeah. type thing that just it grits on me. And then the NES version. Yeah. Yeah, I, I certainly don't prefer the disc system rendition of these ones. So uh, what's interesting is that the, there was it, there was definitely extra sound in the disc system for this, but I feel like I like the simplicity of this, like without the extra sound. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I'm not trying to pull us away from the topic, but have you played the Japanese version of uh, Castlevania Three? No. Or heard the sound? Uh, the sound is awesome. I mean, I've I've heard the sound. I've I've yeah. see, I've gone on YouTube and seen. Yeah. Uh, some video of it where where you get to like yeah they they totally introduced their own sound chip yeah for and that it's not game, just right? like a bell chime I guess which is where the yeah. benefit comes in more so perhaps that that was actually one of the interesting things um... <laughs> that sounds like the dog laughing in uh, Duck Hunt <laughs> that supposedly Link dying um, yeah. What was I saying there? Uh, yeah, it's uh, that was one of the interesting things for the Nintendo is, is when they realized that they could upgrade the sound l on the cartridge itself. Well, it was less a realization and more a feature from the start that no one took advantage of. Like yeah. if, you look, if you look at the pinout of the cartridge, they actually um, they channel the sound up through the cartridge and back out. Yeah. So almost every cartridge maker just shorted those so that the sound just went through, right? But you had the opportunity to then augment the sound there. So anyone that did put a special chip, they actually made use of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's not just that. Like everything. Like if you read about the hardware and read about how mappers work and stuff, like how they yeah. – the, all the solutions they had for, for, make, for increasing the, their memory space and also like the sound thing and just anything else, like all these special chips. It was it's, I don't know. I know it's a nightmare for people trying to write emulators, but it's a lot of fun, I think. Yeah. Historically speaking. Uh, I can't remember. Was was the Mode 7 like that in the Super Nintendo? I don't know a lot about Mode 7. I know what it is, but I don't I don't think so. Like, I, I know... So, like, with emulators, I've never heard of anyone really having a big nightmare with Mode 7. Or maybe they did. I don't know. I don't remember. I know Super FX was, like, literally a special chip on the cartridge. Right. Which Maybe it, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, mode 7, I don't think so. Super Nintendo definitely had a lot less 
of those like special chips and stuff but you had super fx and then i think capcom had one weird one i forget what it was called um they had it in all the rockman uh mega man x games those have special it, chips it, it's interesting because I, I read that console wars recently and that that was one of the thing that was getting thrown around at the time was like Nintendo was like really excited about Mode 7 and they were advertising this thing as like the new amazing thing for Nintendo that's going to be in Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it it made Mario Kart look kind of 3D even though it, it, it it's like not fully polygons, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and Pilot, and Wings, so, Pilot Wings was like all Mode 7. So Sega at the time was basically like, okay, what do we have that we can tout? Like, what what technological breakthrough do we have that Nintendo doesn't have? And they're like looking at all the specs, and there's this thing called, uh, oh, I can't I can't remember what the actual name for it was, but they they're like, we've got this thing called blast processing. <laughs> I think that was just the clock speed, wasn't it? It was like double the clock speed. It, it, <laughs> I forget exactly what it did, but <laughs> it essentially did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like something that just like allowed the graphic to load like a millisecond faster or something. <laughs> it was it was essentially nothing. I they're re- like, oh. <laughs> I, re- I remember the Sega commercials where they were talking about blast processing and showing all their super fast games and oh man, Sonic runs so fast and whatever. And, yeah. and they said that at the very end of the commercial, there was some comment like, don't, just make sure you don't get stuck with Nintendo or something. And they yeah. showed this like van, like slowly driving away, playing Mario Kart. Like, yeah, was that, TV. that was yeah. that that was a huge commercial <laughs> they did. They they actually hired like a big, uh, expensive race car to go down to the yeah, desert yeah, yeah. and like drive as fast as it could. And yeah, then they had this like broken down vehicle with Mario Kart on the back in it. <laughs> and and <laughs> it like, like my <laughs> my friends and I, we were like n- hardcore Nintendo fans, and we were like so offended that they would use Mario Kart as their their demonstration of how Nintendo <laughs> is slow. And we were like, it's supposed to be slow. They're carts. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. But yeah, that was the that was the hilarious thing that they were doing at the time. And it's like it, the blast processing was essentially nothing. <laughs> But nobody knew that they were, uh, and I remember seeing an angry Nintendo nerd uh, or angry video game nerd, whatever he goes by these days, mm. where he was mentioning the Sega stuff, and he was like, "What is blast processing?" <laughs> like, that was one of my favorite knew. episodes. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's such a mockable thing now. I mean, back yeah. then, I mean, it's people are saying this is a, some computer thing we sell to kids, just whatever excites them, right? Now that yeah. like all those kids have grown into. You know, skeptical adults were all like, "Thanks, Sega." It's like such a mockable thing. <laughs> it's, it's pretty hilarious. It is. It uh, is. Anyway, let's let's get back to the, yeah. the last three minutes here. I think we heard this one, didn't we? Well, we heard like the ending, and this is, I guess, just the game over. And so it's like just the bell sound minus the actual music. <laughs> so it's like fully everything. I hate it. <laughs> it's not a whole lot better on the NES. It, yeah, it's those notes are high enough. It's kind of <laughs> screechy. Yeah. And they're louder. Mm. But... At least they're not as staticky. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, this is... Uh, there's apparently no uh, equivalent for the NES. This is a, a prototype Famicom disk system sound. Cool. Epic. So... Oh, getting the heart. Oh man, that sounds nice. I love the Nintendo sound. I know. <laughs> it sounds more full, and I... I think that's partially just because they brought stuff down to a slightly lower... Yeah. Tonal you know, again, it's, it's, it's worth, uh, uh, I guess, reiterating, like, the Famicom disk system was an augmentation, right? Like, yeah. So it was capable of everything the NES was. Just They just chose extra, to make it you, different. You hated the extra. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the sword shooting sounds. And I actually talked right over it. You should play it one more time. Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, the so uh, it actually sounded more epic. Hmm. I like the Nintendo one better. This is a door opening. Enemy deaths. Oh god. That's the boss. <laughs> I know what all these are. <laughs> See for the, so for that one like they totally just used like the 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 sound channel that you could import sound yeah. right uh, so I, I I like the sound of that better than trying to make it with the sound waves um, this is boss sound B <laughs> more boss sounds. It's very, very difficult for me to be objective. I mean, there's a certain charm to the distance yeah. sounds I just like. Kind of, and you're, <laughs> you're going the opposite way. There's yeah. a certain charm with your Nintendo sound. You're like, I love the Nintendo sound to death. The Famicom disc system sound to me is like, there's just so few games that actually had it that it's kind yeah. of, it's like a, a sub, sub genre or something. It's just fun for me kind of. So I, I would, I, it would be easy to convince me in a lot of these cases, the NES sounds better, but. So so uh, now that we're at this one, what, what do you think of the cursor sound? Play it one more time. That sounds like something hitting Link's shield. Yeah, they probably used the same sound for that. Cursor sound? Like when you switch between... What are you calling a cursor sound? Choosing uh, like at the very beginning when you're choosing a new game or... The fairy the flying continuing. beside the name? Yeah. Uh... Play it one more time. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'll have to go through these boss sounds first. So that's boss sound C. <laughs> the boss howling. <laughs> Getting hurt. Those <laughs> are... Quite Game similar. over cursor. Uh, 
You know, I actually don't mind the PC version for some of those last ones. And and listening to the uh, the monster sounds there, the, the, they actually did grow on me. I, <laughs> I I think I would have liked the PC version of of those. I think my biggest complaint was just like that horrible bell sound. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're focusing on Zelda. It'd be interesting. I don't know if you have tracks from like Metroid or Castlevania. Uh, I could always find some and we could pause the podcast sure do you want to do that quick sure okay so i've just pulled up the castlevania 2 uh bloody tears from and this is from the famicom disc system so we can hear a little bit of this and then compare it so sure oh man so that's vastly different to me it's not too different once it gets to this point, mm. I I feel like the the rhythm section, the, the bass and the the noise is more distinct than I remember it being. Oh, I hate that sound! <laughs> awesome. All right, let's do the NES one. <laughs> All right, let's let's find the NES version here. Hopefully the. Yeah, so right off the start, that sounds so different. Hmm, I'm kind of mixed. I mean... You know, I, th I think I, the main part I preferred on the disc system, but that opening, I, I hated it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I feel the same way. You've, you've kind of convinced me about the bell chimes being not so uh, <laughs> uh, likable. <laughs> It's it's interesting though, right? Like like I guess that's the thing. Like I was talking to someone uh, uh, at work recently, and um, I, you know, because I'm kind of trying to learn French a little bit, I I was playing through a game with the French language, oh, and wow. he's from France, and he's like, I I only ever play the language in whatever it was originally supposed to be. Like I I would never play an English game in French because they're going to destroy the localization. And so I guess that's a large part of it, right? Is like part of it is they're going to localize it differently, but every now and then you have stuff like the Famicom disc system where like it's a very different experience with all of the audio and stuff too. Mm -hmm. We could do an entirely uh, full different episode on differences because there's yeah. much more beyond just audio, right? Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Is that a good enough awkward pause? Uh, that was a good awkward. There's, there's been lots of awkward pauses. <laughs> Are we going to keep them or cut them? Uh, I I do both sometimes. We'll leave that one just because it's particularly awkward, and then we commented on it. And we've because we've wasted seconds after talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever <laughs> seen? Uh, did you ever watch? Um, oh crap! What's his name? Craig Ferguson. Did you no, ever watch his talk show? What What is it? Oh, uh, uh, did you ever watch the Drew Carey show? <laughs> yeah, mildly, a little. <laughs> Cleveland Rocks, Cleveland Rocks. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, the supervisor in that show, he was like an, an English guy. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name in the show, but uh, he's, a, he's a Scottish comedian named Craig Ferguson. And okay. he eventually... He eventually had a, a late night show similar along the lines of like Conan O'Brien and mm. Jimmy Fallon and them. Um, and he basically had the ability to do it however he wanted. 
okay. and he didn't really give a shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so everything was just kind of like half-assed. Like he, he, at the beginning of each interview, he would like tear up the card that had all the questions on it, and he'd just wing <laughs> everything. Uh, but the, uh, he would have a thing where he would allow people to end the interview in one of three ways. Like either they could play a harmonica or they could play some trivia question or they could have an awkward pause. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was just a thing where like a lot of the time they'd have him and celebrities on TV for like 30 seconds, just like staring at each other. Doing <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. We'll have to start ending all of our podcasts with awkward pauses. Yeah. 